Welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm Jordan Miller. This week, I reported on a fact of life for living along the Wasatch Front, inversion. I'm originally from Texas and had never lived in a valley before, so this upside down and cloudy air was new to me. And I know a ton of people are also new to Utah, so I decided to learn all I could about this environmental phenomenon. I used to think, oh, it's inversion outside whenever I saw the smog, but now I know it's just pollution concentrated by the inversion, not the inversion itself. And it's not local to just the Salt Lake Valley. Other valleys experience inversions too, but the Salt Lake Valley gets a severe haze effect because of all the pollution concentrated in the valley as a byproduct of being a large population center. So what can we do? You'd think the main contributor to this pollution is maybe factories, but it's not. It's cars. That's why we see those signs on the highway that say mandatory action day during an inversion event. During those days, the Department of Environmental Quality encourages Utahns to work remotely and use public transit, rather than exacerbate the inversion with more vehicle emissions. And Managing Editor Grant Burningham spoke with University of Utah Associate Professor Heather Holmes to learn more about the inversion. So with me now is Heather Holmes, a chemical engineering associate professor at the University of Utah, who is studying inversions in Salt Lake. Thanks for talking to us today, Heather. Thank you for inviting me, Grant. I think a lot of people see this terrible air and blame industry, but it's more complicated than that, right? Absolutely. So if you look at the emissions inventory or the emissions information that comes out of the Utah Division of Air Quality, you'll see that automobile emissions are actually a huge component of the air pollution problem in um, northern Utah. And what really happens is when you have so many people living in one area and they're driving to commute, you just have a lot of cars emitting pollutants. So sometimes those are gases that condense. So even though you look at a car tailpipe and visually you're like, oh, it's super clean, there's no particles coming out, the gases from those cars uh, go through a bunch of chemical reactions in the atmosphere where then they can condense onto these particles and make more particles. And give me an idea about what this is doing to our health. Um, so there's been quite a few health studies that have come out of Utah from BYU, University of Utah, and you that you can see that there is an association between these wintertime air pollution events and hospital admissions for cardiorespiratory health outcomes, for example. But basically what we know is that the elevated particulate matter pollution leads to a whole host of different health outcomes, whether it be reproductive health outcomes or heart problems, lung problems, sometimes neurological complications. And as we get uh, more and more focused on the air in Salt Lake, we can hopefully get to better understanding what the specific problems in Salt Lake are, or Utah County, even all of Northern Utah. Do you have any ideas either as an individual or for policymakers about things we could do now to make the air better? Yeah, I do think that there's been some great things that the state has done, and that's really evident in the fact that our air pollution concentrations here have been decreasing. Uh, like, for example, right now, there's the free fair February on all of the public transit in Salt Lake. And that's motivated by the fact that if we drive less, there will be less pollution in the air. So when the inversion does happen, the concentrations are hopefully not as bad as we have seen in the past. So I think a lot of the changes that are happening right now are positive changes. The shift to electric vehicles, for example, is another one. As I was reading around on this, I came across this, I don't know if it's an urban legend, but it, they say that the Native Americans used to call the valley the Valley of Smoke. Have you seen this and is it true? So I personally have not um, come across that, but I do think it's interesting if you look up, have you ever heard of Pogo Nip? No. 
Okay, so if you look up the, I guess it would be etymology of the word pogonip, it actually comes from a Native American word. So I hadn't heard of that word, and I'm from Idaho, and we get this inversion in Idaho. And I lived in Salt Lake for eight years, and now I've been back for about a year and a half, and we don't use that word often here. Um, I was living in Reno, Nevada, and people there use that word. And it's a word that describes actually what you're talking about, where it's Smoky Valley, but it's essentially the fog that can happen during the inversions and it affects the visibility so much that you can't fly aircraft in it and things like that. So that's the closest thing to, to that that you're talking about that I've ever seen. And um, I found that I just learned about this like six months ago and I found it super fascinating. Professor Heather Holmes, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. On Wednesday afternoon, the Utah Senate Business and Labor Committee passed a resolution to limit the access of journalists inside the Capitol building. Kim Bajorquez was at that hearing. This is Kim Bajorquez reporting from the Utah Capitol. During an often contentious debate between legislators and journalists, the Senate Business and Labor Committee on Wednesday approved a rules change on a 7 of 1 vote that would limit media access on the Senate floor. The rules change proposed by State Senator Mike McCall would require credentialed reporters to get permission from a Senate media designee to enter the Senate floor to interview a lawmaker. The measure also prevents reporters, including videographers and photographers, from standing behind the committee room's dais without permission from the committee chair. The rules resolution is now headed to the Senate for consideration. Coronavirus cases in Utah jumped sharply Wednesday with 2,062 new cases. Utah health officials also reported 15 COVID-19 cause deaths. Pandemic-induced hospitalizations remained high on Wednesday with 677 patients. Thanks to the Tribune's Joa Cardenas for editing Daily Buzz. And a big shout out to Salt Lake City's own The Pelicans for our music. Have a great day and be sure to tune back in tomorrow.